This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. No, it only sounds like a best of. That's because if you've been with me, you may have heard everything I say today before, but that's good. It's like a painter working on a painting. It's all coming together. Only this election's like a Picasso, so it's falling apart. As Guru Jay said, Excelsior. Welcome back, my dear partners. Thank you, if you uh, express the same. Listen, not that it's important or anything, but if you are a seasoned ticket subscriber to the United States of America, if you even occasionally watch broadcasts of the United States of America, the country, if you are here on the Blaze Radio Network, even occasionally... The next 10 days will mean to you what they mean to me. And again, not a really big deal, just the fate of the election of the next presidency and probably the fate of our nation. I'm Jay Severin. Welcome to where we both want to be, the aforementioned Blaze Radio Network, one 888 one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. This is going to be one of the political shows of last year, this year, and next year. Because that's the nature of what's happening where you live right now. And the thing that I I know and this is the first statement that I'll make that you might say, wait a second, did I, did I hear him say this before? No. No, you heard me say it's all about to change very suddenly. That was probably on, you know, Wednesday or Thursday or Friday of last week. Now I'm here to say it has all changed very suddenly. And if you've been following it, 
you know almost everything. Uh, we're here now to complete the process. And I do that by hearing from you. one 888 It's all changed. It's all changed since Friday. The presumptive Republican, number one and number two candidates, who were having... I, I, I common word this is the first time i think i'm ever using it in my in my life uh, are are having what is commonly known as a bromance i'm not much for jargon for jargon but they were having what is now typically called a bromance not anymore uh, then trump and cruz are at war i and we're going to know in moments not only how they are, <clears throat> but you probably know that. What you may not know fully is why and how this plays out. Let me first mention in that context that Ted Cruz, what's the bottom line? I mean, if you can only listen 11 minutes today, let me get in before the completion of the 11th minute. Uh, oh, by the clock, by the way, not the, anyway. Uh, before the 11th minute of showtime, let me get this in. The turn in this campaign, which, as I'll explain, was inevitable. The, the astounding thing to me as a professional, uh, really, I mean, there are a lot of things that su- surprised me, uh, having, having watched this and played in this baseball game a lot. But I am astounded at how many people are astounded that Trump and Cruz are at each other's throats. If you're a partner in this show, you know that that was inevitable. What were there? There was going to be a co-presidency, a, a co-nominee, a, a co-nominee. They were going to hold hands and be co-nominees. They were always one was always going to have to kill the other, politically speaking. That's how this ends. There was never any other ending. Now, at the beginning of the end, which is what we're looking at right now, it isn't the beginning, it isn't the end, but as a very wise man once said, or said something like, it is the beginning of the end, or as he said, the end of the beginning. Maybe it's the, be- maybe it's the end of the beginning, but I think it's the beginning of the end for somebody. And the evidence of that, right off the bat, is that Trump and Cruz, or Cruz and Trump, have been at war for only, really, three or four days. Four days, tops. And already there is, I think, a discernible edge. There may even be two edges. There may have been, not only an evolution, there may have been two evolutions in who that favors just in the last 72 hours or so. Permit me to offer an example. I know that Buck mentioned a few moments ago that the former governor of Iowa is encouraging people. It's a, it's a negative endorsement. It's the biggest negative endorsement. Well, let me just give you the news, then I'll tell you what it means. Uh, as Buck told you, it, it, the, the uh, former governor of Iowa, Terry Branstead, uh, someone I've met, spoken to, 
about stuff. Terry Branstead is telling voters, don't vote for Cruz. When you caucus in 10 days, don't vote for Cruz. Don't caucus for Cruz. I'm pretty sure he, he didn't say you ought to caucus for Trump. But since the polls, and wouldn't it be something if, again, all the polls are wrong? Do you remember four years ago that the entire face of the election was understandably shaped by who won Iowa and they got it all wrong? Not only the polls got it all wrong, the people who run the thing got it all wrong. They said that night, Mitt Romney is the winner. And all the things that ensued, as would naturally ensue in nature, ensued. You had a winner, you had someone in second, you had someone in third, you had the losers. Everything started to fall into place. New Hampshire was unquestionably influenced a week later by who had won Iowa the week before, right? Right, only wrong, because Mitt Romney didn't win Iowa. As it turns out, Rick Santorum did. Everybody had it wrong. I mean, the message from Rick Santorum is, thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing. You tell me two weeks later that I won, you know, it's like a pronoun- saying, you know what? Uh, that bullet really didn't hit you uh, two weeks after you've been pronounced, you know, DOA. All right. So Terry Branstead tells Iowa voters, don't caucus for Cruz because he opposes ethanol subsidies. He opposes ethanol subsidies. Those are, in short, monies given by you and me and people who don't grow corn to people who grow less corn or no corn than they used to because we don't need as much corn as we used to. I don't know about you, but I know very personally some people whose jobs have been deeply affected in the last couple of years alone by the fact that their industries reshaped and they lost jobs. They had their salaries cut. I know one person had his salary cut by 95% and is happy to be working. Maybe not terribly happy, but happy, you know, to be working. Okay. So Terry Branstead says, don't caucus for Cruz. He's against our ethanol subsidies. That's on the newswire. Why it's important, what it means, straight ahead. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing 
washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The number of that Blaze Radio Network of this Blaze Radio is one 888 1-888-900-3393. And until further notice, and that notice may be a long ways off, uh, it's a best of live every day because the news of our world is of our nation of politics is going to be best of, best of every day. The news wires tell you that the former governor of Iowa has discouraged Iowa voters from caucusing for Ted Cruz in roughly 10 days when Iowa uh, blasts off. Here are a few things that means. Again, because the context is right at the moment, who's going to win? Who's going to be president? Well, all right, let's start with who are going to be the nominees. Okay, it's all derivative of the same question, right? Taken to the lowest but most important daily denominator. And that is, is it good for Cruz or Trump who's winning, who's losing that race for openers? And by the way, even the Hillary race is showing some signs that we may need to talk about them every day for a while again. Oh, joy. But in any case. So in the context of Cruz Trump and their uh, their buddyhood, which died four days ago. Former governor says don't caucus for Cruz. Terry Brand said is the longest-serving governor in Iowa history. I'm pretty sure about that. I think since Iowa became a state, I don't think any governor has served longer than Terry Branstad. This guy is beloved. This guy, you know, when he speaks, Iowans listen. They don't necessarily do whatever he says, but they listen. And he is a respected, beloved figure, a very influential figure in the state. When he says on the eve of the caucuses, this guy is good, this guy is evil, in effect, that means something. And when he, when he gives the reason for which, when he says, this guy wants to take away your farm, that's what he's saying. If he says this candidate is against ethanol subsidies. You've gotten a check, not all of you, but many of you in this state, so much so that it has been the number one issue in the state since, as Afor said, since it became a state. It's like the number one perennial issue down through the generations. You know, when does the government subsidy check arrive? And I'm not knocking Iowans by saying that. Although, again, you know, I know a lot of people who have lost their jobs, uh, or had their industries reshaped such 
that they've now been asked to work and and accepted, you know, for a, a tiny fraction of what they used to make. And they have families to feed. And they do it and they don't get a check from Washington. And all I'm saying to my friends in Iowa is you'll have to decide. But what would a real conservative do? Well, I'll return to that question in a moment. I think, by the way, what a real conservative would do is say what I'm saying, and that is, isn't what conservatism is about, isn't what, you know, libertarian conservatism, isn't what that sort of small C conservatism is all about is smaller government? Isn't it against welfare? How many times have so many of you correctly, in my view, said, when do we stop the corporate welfare? You know, stop, stop complaining about welfare. What about corporate welfare? Yeah, what about corporate welfare? And I'm sorry, but I'm sorry to those who, uh, with whom I disagree. And I guess we know that's most people in Iowa. But, you know, this is an example, a gleaming and maybe stinky example of corporate welfare. Is that what the federal government is supposed to do? I mean, if we make, if, if, a, if, if, if neighboring Missouri was dependent on the manufacture of buggy whips and all of a sudden some wise guy named Ford invented something called the automobile and we didn't any longer need buggy whips, thus no longer needed the manufacture of buggy whips, thus no longer needed to employ people to make them what do we is there a buggy whip subsidy do we now send everyone in missouri a check for what they would have made if they still worked in an industry that existed i, I you know i'm i'm just asking but this is one of the reasons why i say that ted cruz and donald trump now at war Everything is measurable. Everything is a blood sport of musical chairs. Every day matters. Every news cycle matters. Heck, uh, uh, every hour is a news cycle now. So the question is, the war between Trump and Cruz, not a question mark. That's it. It's a fact, as we know. Question mark, who has it thus far, do we think, benefited or hurt? And that's neither is that a question mark. Clearly, it's got to help somebody hurt somebody else. I think as of this moment, as of this moment, I think it has hurt Ted Cruz. And I think there is a bigger question. Well, I don't know if there's a bigger question because that may determine for you right there who's going to be the next president or not. But the fact that that in any other time, in any other world that I know of, if people who call themselves Republicans, especially if they call themselves conservatives, and if they behave like conservatives, and if they claim to be conservatives, and I've not been alive and neither have you, I don't care if you're the oldest man on earth from the feature I saw on the news Sunday night, you have not been alive, and neither have I, ever drawn breath on the planet Earth that 
anyone who called herself or himself a conservative and voted in Republican primaries didn't believe that actually being conservative meant something. That's what conservatives voted for conservative candidates. And they were pretty good about ferreting out who was and who wasn't. They needed to be because, as we know, when it gets to be around election or caucus day, everyone in the world who runs as a Republican claims to be a born-again or otherwise conservative, right? Well, one of the great questions in this has been, how can Donald Trump be the number one candidate by the numbers all this time, and yet, as Ted Cruz claimed the other day, he spent the first 65 years or 60 years of his life as a Democrat, supporting Democrat causes. I'll get to some of the particular comments here in a little bit. But, you know, how does that work? And I think a lot of us have been waiting for the answer to the question, does that not matter in this election? Do people who vote in Republican primaries, are they not asking the question, is this person a primary, or rather a conservative? Is that not the entrance fee? Are those not the Greens fees? Is that not the table stakes? Do you not have to be a conservative to run in the Republican primary? Because, you know, again, one way or the other, Donald Trump is many things. A conservative, there's no evidence he is. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. With you, the best and brightest on the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 Back to uh, former Governor Terry Branstead of Iowa for just a moment. I neglected to mention that this is a stunning endorsement of Trump. In effect, if he never mentions Trump's name, it won't matter. The fact that there are well, look, if somebody knows more about Iowa politics than Terry Branstad, including all of the pollsters or the Des Moines Register or anybody else, you let me know if you find that out, would you? Because I, I, I need to update my files. But if we can assume that this fellow Terry Branstad, Governor Branstad, knowing what he knows, believes that he's about to put his money on a horse in this race, he just put it on Trump, and he, he may have done it in negative or roundabout fashion, indirect fashion, by saying, you know, don't vote for Cruz. But we, we obviously, we know what it means. By the way, the, the big uh, – take a sip of water here, pardon me. Thank you. The big rumor on the campaign trail today, a hot rumor, I should say, it's, it may or may not be big is that Trump is about to receive or yeah about to receive a, a major uh, endorsement big news from the Trump campaign 
is rumored. It is further rumored, uh, as perhaps you've heard, that it is Sarah Palin. I can tell you that it has been divulged that there was a flight, I don't know, private or, you know, chartered or whether it was a public flight. But it it has been divulged that the records available to the public indicate that there was a flight from, I think, Anchorage, but a big city that is, is uh, near where Governor Palin lives. There was a flight, uh, I think it was last night. I think it was last night at, uh, at around 8 p.m., as I recall, from that city in Alaska uh, into, uh, into Iowa. Hey, look, I mean, that's, you know, which proves absolutely nothing. But it's not like there were thousands of flights, you know, coming in. Uh, last night to Iowa. So it's a it's a question. Uh, if that's true, the question becomes, what does that mean to you? And if you'll forgive me, that's the secondary question. Primary question is, what does that mean to someone who is going to caucus, uh, going to caucus for a Republican in Iowa? What does Sarah Palin's endorsement mean? Well, it's all changed. Trump, you may have seen the soundbite. I have lived on these soundbites my entire life, it's fair to say. And there are comments by candidates, and then there are comments by candidates. So far, every comment by Ted Cruz has been measured. I Now, I realize... You know, every time I open my mouth, and or anyone else does, somebody on the, the Trump or Cruz side of the divide is going to, quote-unquote, hear an endorsement of one of them and a criticism of the, you know, condemnation of the other one. That is not intended. I have I've endeavored so far to be absolutely straightforward and down the middle with any you know, reporting of any facts or anything. I've made it clear that I've for years been a a Ted Cruz guy, which I hope now gives me a little credibility when I say to you, I I think he is losing so far. It's been all of four days, but an awfully important four days in terms of the timing juxtaposition. I think Ted Cruz is losing the battle so far between Cruz and Trump. I mean, he certainly hasn't surpassed him in the in the in the poll numbers consistently anywhere, and now there's this fight, and Donald Trump, you know, gave a pretty nasty soundbite. Uh, no pun intended. Did you see when Donald Trump said, "Ted Cruz is a nasty guy"? That's the word he used. He's a nasty guy. He's nasty. Nobody who knows. This is a quote. Nobody who knows him likes him. He's nasty, nasty guy. Now, the secondary thing he said, which is curious, is, and no one in Washington likes him, which means he he can't cut deals. Now, that's curious for uh, two reasons. I would think that Ted Cruz would put his hands together and say, thank you, God. You know, thank you for having my opponent 
tell the nation that I'm not well-liked. I'm not a well-liked, get-along, go-along player in Washington. Isn't that supposed to be the key to this year, especially in a Republican primary? Does you know, right? And the, the second thing that makes it curious is I would, th- I would think that Trump would be, you know, moving away from, I mean, in, on the one hand, a deal maker is what's gotten him in life and politically where he is. But for him to be saying, you know, it's okay, I'll, he can't cut deals. Cruz can't cut deals. But you see, I can. I can go to Washington and cut deals. You know, it's a very fine line, isn't it? Or, I mean, isn't it? Isn't it a very fine line between saying everything in Washington is awful and I'm going to change everything in Washington and I'm going to force them to build a wall and pay for it and I'm going to make them do all these things. I'm going to make all these people do all these things. I'm going to make them. And all of a sudden now, I, I'm don't worry. I'm going to be able to... You know, he came right up to the line, did Trump, of saying... I know how to cross the aisle and, and work with the other guys. Well, of course, he didn't say that, but, you know, it, it, it got within spitting distance of that. Anyway, my point is that Trump on camera in a close-up saying, the Cruz is a nasty, nasty guy. No one likes him. This is not like other political comments that you and I have heard. Usually, any comments that could be made can later be walked back. I mean, the strongest thing that, that Ted Cruz, I mean, this is just a fact, the strongest thing that Cruz has said about Donald Trump, it, it, it may be injurious. I mean, it may be politically lethal, but it isn't personal. And it's not the equivalent of what, of what Trump did. This is under the political category, things that can be later walked back. Cruz's strongest statement so far about Donald Trump is Donald Trump is actually a member of the establishment. Are you kidding me? He is the establishment. He's no conservative. That's awfully strong, too. But again, within the political lines on the playing field, right? And maybe the strongest thing of all is that Ted Cruz said, Ronald Reagan, if that name still is enshrined, you know, among people who vote in Republican primaries, used to be. I don't know if it is anymore. We'll find out. But he invoked the name of Ronald Reagan and said, Ronald Reagan didn't spend his first 60 years as uh, a Democrat. Or supporting Democrat things. Ouch! I mean, I mean, it. That's true. By the way, and it's it's the heart of what Cruz is using as his attack so far. It, it's particularly a clip from <clears throat> Meet the Press from years ago, when Trump said, "Hey, look, you know, I'm for gays in the military. I'm for." Uh, and he reeled off a number of issues, and he said, maybe if I lived in Iowa, I'd feel differently, but I don't. I've you know, lived all of my life in New York. Well, C- 
Cruz could have used that at any time, but he picked now to use it. And, you know, as I say, it could be politically really hurtful, but it's not one of those things that can't be walked back. It also happens to be true. I mean, that just has nothing to do with who anybody is for or against. It happens to be true. What, what Trump is, as Guru Jay say many moons ago, uh, Trump, Trump is a fierce populist in the, I guess, tradition, you know, the, of, of fierce populists. But Cruz is a conservative. I mean, Cruz is as conservative. This could be good or bad. We'll see when the people speak. But there's no denying no matter who you're for, who is who's a conservative and who's not, and who is the conser- more conservative of the two, which is really almost unnecessary to ask when you answer the first question. Uh, but true, uh, Cruz is as conservative a candidate as Republicans have had an opportunity to vote for since and including Reagan. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. The J7 Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Only with this audience, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Of course, we'll only know that when you continue to prove it. We both have to every day. So, this may seem a rather secondary question, uh, academic, perhaps even lame. Uh, my pronunciation of lame. Uh, this may be a lame question at this point, but. It, it ought to be asked, and that is, who started this? It's really not a lame question. It's actually politically a tremendously pivotal question. It may, I warn you, never be openly or definitively answered. I mean, that's the nature of some of these questions, and I've seen things like this happen before. Uh, in, forgive me, in this game, quote unquote, this may not be an answerable question, but it sure is important. Who started this? And you know what's more important than who started it? Trump or Cruz? Why? I mean, I'd like to know who started it. I can't tell you who started it. I mean, all I do is watch and listen to this stuff. I can't tell you. Can, can you tell me? I mean, and again, with all due respect and affection, I'm not sure you can tell me if I don't know. I mean, on this one, because, again, what you pay me for is to be watching this stuff, still sitting here at 3 o'clock in the morning and watching this stuff or listening to it. I don't know who can be said to have started it. I mean, what is what constitutes starting the fight? I can go back. I can make the case on either side, and so can you. You can go back and find something Cruz said about Trump that was critical. The question is, how critical? What finally put Trump over the edge? Or the other way around? 
Or is that just what they want us to think? Hey, I like him. I was being a nice guy. But all of a sudden, he went too far. You, you talked about my mama. You, you went too far. Is that what happened? See, I don't believe that. I could believe a lot of things, especially if you tell me, but I can't believe that. What I believe is the answer to who started it, which I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. Maybe I'll figure it out as we speak about it. Or maybe you'll tell me. But the more interesting sub-question is why. I don't believe someone just finally tipped someone else over the edge. What I believe happened is that someone was holding that grenade and waiting to pull the pin for six months. Maybe longer, depending on how good their political instincts and their polling uh, happen to be. Because they, they have always known, Trump and Cruz, especially Cruz, who is so much smarter than almost every living human and certainly smarter than Donald Trump, you know, if you at least give me that, you know, politically, well, I mean, maybe, maybe the proof of that is in the pudding, too. Maybe, they, maybe that's premature. I'll withdraw that for the moment. But they're both smart. And they both knew something that we may have at moments forgotten. And that is, again, this has always been a blood sport of blood musical chairs. There were never going to be two tickets to the dance. There were never going to be two seats for two people when the music stopped playing, whether they were nice to each other or nasty, to borrow a phrase, to each other. At some point, Trump and Cruz were going to fight, and it was going to be nasty. And it's going to get nastier still because they have never forgotten what one cannot afford to forget if one's buttocks is on the line and you're running for president of the United States. And that is, in the end, there's only one ticket. And so they're politically bludgeoning each other, and that's going to continue. So someone decided it was to their advantage to start now. Who? Why? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Trump-Cruz battle heats up even in the last few moments. Excelsior. Welcome back, my partners. I'm Jay Severin. We are together. The Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. one 3393 Partners on the phone, so let me quickly say this before moving to welcome them. Even as we were asking the question questions moments ago, who really started this fight? Will it escalate? Who will escalate it? Who does it benefit? 
by the way, one question I did not ask is, does it benefit somebody else? Does it hurt both? Is the question, does it hurt, I'm sorry, does it help someone else and hurt both Trump and Cruz? You almost get that sense from the way they were fighting this up until 4 o'clock Eastern. It seemed like Cruz didn't really want to, doesn't it, did it to you? It seemed to me like Cruz really didn't want to fight. And it seemed to me like Trump did. Again, honest opinion. It just, just this my honest reading of it. Uh, and I don't know. But, and, and, and those are all good questions. Guess what? They might have been rendered, uh, if not academic, at least secondary for the moment. Because while we were together in the last segment, Ted Cruz stepped up his, whether it's an attack or a counterattack, at this point, who can tell, on Trump. And he said, well, he recalled that Donald Trump enthusiastically endorsed Obama's stimulus and the bank bailouts. Now, I realize that's not tremendously sexy stuff. But you know what? Do you know you know the single group in America to whom that used to be political porn? Conservatives. That was political pornography to conservatives. All my life. And you know who all my life determined the outcome of Republican primaries? Conservatives. And do you know the principal question in the mind of every Iowa caucus goer in the Republican caucus and in New Hampshire and South Carolina thereafter? Are you or have you ever been a conservative are you now, or have you ever at least been a conservative all my life? I will say this. This is analysis. Well, it's opinion, I guess, but it's not to, meant to favor either candidate. If any candidate gets to or through a Republican primary without answering the question, are you a conservative? Or if they get to or through a Republican primary and they do well in it, and it has been proven before that primary that they the answer to the question is no, then truly politics as we know it now reside on the planet Neptune. Frank from Pennsylvania, I believe it's welcome back, sir. Yes, it is. Uh, very tossed, Jay. Uh, very tossed. And, and good for Ted Cruz for putting Donald on the defensive end of this now. Now he has to respond to, to him and questions about his uh, credentials. Uh, or not. Here's my, or not. But here's my insight yeah. in into who started what. Donald prides himself on being able to make deals, right? Right. If he says you can't make a deal with Ted, do you think he might have tried and know firsthand that you can't make a deal with Ted because Ted rejected his deal and this is just how he, you know, Ted's too nasty. He won't, you know, cut a deal with me. I think it's a great question. I think a lot of us, and, and I'll include myself, have and I would, at least suspected that the reason they were this palsy this long 
was that Ted Cruz had made a strategic, uh, selfish, and I don't mean that you know in a pejorative way, but a selfish decision. And he looked at everything and he said, I can't win this. And Donald Trump has offered me the number two spot. I'm going to take it, you know, and I'm going to campaign hard, but not negatively. And then after Iowa, you know, I'll uh, my deal is I'll withdraw and support Trump. I don't know. Or something to that effect. Right. Uh, I, I just think I think that maybe Trump was looking for for, for a deal from Ted to, to not put the pressure on him to really seal a deal and it didn't happen um and as you know the thing is frank a a fair question too frank is on the on the other hand to what i just said i mean i'm just i'm 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 questioning myself here now not you that is if if ted cruz is the conservative i believe him to be and i do right or wrong i i be i observe that he is a conservative it's why i've been for him for years and years if he's the conservative eye we believe him to be, would he really would he really make a deal that lubricated the prospects of Donald Trump becoming no, I, president? I, I no, I don't think he would, and I think that's why Donald's mad because he can't get Cruz to make a deal with him. So uh, I think it's and, perfectly... and I'd almost be more interested in the, in the phone traffic between their two headquarters than I am interested in the air traffic out of Alaska. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was, I was like most conservatives, excited when Palin joined uh, McCain's ticket because she lent the only credibility he actually had with, you know, as far as I was concerned, was that he had picked her as vice president. But if she makes this deal, she's lost all credibility with me, uh, you know, and she's dead to me. I don't care what she says if she if she goes and endorses Trump. That's not. That, that's not in anyone's best interest, in my opinion. Well, Frank, so. that, I, I, I thank you for the contribution, as always, as consistently uh, you do. And I will say this. Frank's question, Frank's appraisal, Frank's attitude of this is going to matter greatly, or as I said to Frank, or not. I mean, if, if, if it finally comes down to what it has always come down to. This this is, my, my dear friends, this is the equivalent of a Democrat primary in which one of the candidates says, I believe in lower taxes and I believe in cutting down drastically the size of government. Do you think a Democrat who said that, I'm for lower taxes, and drastically reducing the size of government. I'm pro-life. I'm for the military. I mean, stop me when we reach a point where we redline, you know, where you say, well, that person could never get elected as a Democrat, in a pri- especially in a primary. Okay, we flip sides. We're back to Trump and Cruz. If the... If the borderline question that's the wrong word if the essential question in this is not who's more conservative but 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 more profound if the question never arises if the people who vote in republican primaries no longer care whether or not you're conservative 
then, as I say, we, 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 we are, either way, we're making history together. We are making history factor 50 together, if that is true. Stay with me. Rocky is next. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners, including Rocky. Always happy to hear from you, my friend. Welcome back. Hey, good to talk to you, my friend, Jay. Hey, I really too, enjoyed right? the, uh, converse, the conversation between you and Frank. That was uh, awesome. And um, I wanted to add my two cents in worth on that, too. Um, when you asked about uh, who started the the mudslinging between the two, my immediate thought was, you know, obviously it was Trump. And it seemed like Cruz had been, like, uh, pretty much just not going into the mudslinging thing like Trump did. However, I think that uh, it's quite possible, like you and Frank were talking about, that there could be things going on besides uh, what we hear in the media uh, like he was saying about uh, having count on it back and forth. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I thought it was really pertinent that he mentioned about, you know, uh, is this, I think the most vile thing that I've heard come out of Trump's mouth was where he said that, you know, Cruz was like unlikable and he was really nasty and yeah, that yeah. nobody, nobody liked him and nobody could make a deal. Well, that's exactly the point, just like you were saying. That's exactly the point. We don't want establishment Republicans. We don't want rhinos. We sure as heck don't want Democrats. We don't want people like uh, Clinton, who has lots of money, that she can be able to get out of Benghazi, you know, and that she can, she can actually, you know, defy her clearances and that she's able to do what none of us who have held clearances out there and she doesn't pay anything, no retribution, you know, that power and money that she wields, I don't trust Donald Trump with it any more than I do Hillary Clinton. Uh, I've always said, just like you, Trump has a voice, and it's been a great voice for bringing out a lot of issues that nobody would talk about. But when it comes down to Trump and Cruz, there's no comparison um, well, I, I, I believe that is uh, is uh, quite well said. I believe it's true. The question is whether we hold the majority or minority opinion among, well, for openers, the Republican caucus goers of Iowa. I will tell you that, again, we keep returning to the standard of there are there are really only two, two things, uh, two words in this. Uh, each one belongs to a candidate. Each candidate owns it, and they both. Uh, belong with they uh, uh they both coincidentally began with a c um cruises is conservative trump's is celebrity now if yes. if in the next several days celebrity trump's con- no pun intended conservatism 
if based on the things that 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 Trump is saying about himself and and especially what he's saying about and I agree with Rush on this it's not that Trump is criticizing Cruz it's how Trump is criticizing Cruz Trump is using all the arguments that most essentially violate Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment you know don't yeah. speak ill at least not not the kind that you can't walk back. You know what I mean? Like you, you could say, uh, you know, I, I, I know Mrs. Cruz. This is like if Trump said, I know Mrs. Cruz. And frankly, we really don't, we don't have a relationship. We don't have a friendship. Well, that would, a lot of people would say, Ooh, Ooh, you know, that's pretty strong stuff. That's like euphemism for, I don't like her. I don't respect her, but you see, you can walk that back. There's ambiguity in that. You still get to deliver the blow, but there's ambiguity in it. Uh, or or yeah. you could say, as I believe Trump would, I know Mrs. Cruz. She's a pig. Yeah. You, know, you yeah, don't exactly. walk that back. You know, you, you know, you know, and, and, and the thing is, it seems to me more and more that the Nate and I, I picked a poor example because it's not that it's personal. It's that when Trump criticizes Cruz, it seems to me more and more He's criticizing Cruz for being conservative. And and when Cruz counterpunches, uh, it, it is to say, hey, look, you know, I'm just being conservative. I don't want to I don't hate the guy. It's just that I didn't spend the first 60 years of my life supporting New York values, you know, uh, and, and giving a litany of what that is. That ought to matter in a Republican primary. And Rocky, if in the next few days, Trump's. Poll numbers stay consistently strong or stronger. If he doesn't take a nosedive as a result of this, you know, we're getting into, you know, hours almost as opposed to days here. If, if people who are conservative no longer dominate the voting in Republican primaries, okay, it isn't so. But if it is so, Amen. you would think conservatism would, would, would triumph over celebrity at some point. Except for, like you say, I don't think we're in the majority. Uh, there's a lot of really not educated voters out there, and a lot of people that uh, don't see in between the lines, like you and I and Frank and all, all the best and brightest out there look at, that you can see, you know, that you know something might not be exactly the truth and that it's being brought up for the sake of getting those lemming voters. And I want to say one more thing before we end up getting cut off. Um, Terry Branstead, you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show about don't caucus for Cruz. You know, you know, when it comes to power and money and all this stuff, again, we got to go back to, you know, Trump and Clinton and here now Branstead's being driven by money and cash and power. You know, uh, the government gets involved in stuff and they screw things up. It used to be back when I was a kid that, you know, Iowans grew uh, corn and beans, yes, but there wasn't subsidies for those things. And then they practiced agriculture an awful lot like you would hear about it in the Bible. Corn and beans are like a, a, a crop that supports each other. Corn uses nitrogen, beans fixes nitrogen to the soil. They go back and forth. But every seven years approximately, the farmers would also go to other crops like alfalfa and other, other like mm -hmm. different varieties of crops, but our government is ruining our lands 
due to the fact that they subsidize and get farmers to do this for the money, it's just a bad thing. And, you know, Cruz is trying is to what you that. referred to what I learned um, in grade school and, and from my grandfather, though he may not have used the words, was that crop rotation? Yes, sir. Exactly. That's what, that's what in sustainable agriculture, that's what you do. Is crop rotations. Use nature. Use the way God makes things grow and the way that he, he nurtures stuff. Use those things, the natural things, instead of subsidizing or, uh, you know, supplementing fertilizers and chemicals and all this stuff. So you just that taught me something. Things. You just taught me something. I'll, I'll teach my children that I'll bet they haven't otherwise been taught and that shame on me I didn't know until now in my life, but you taught me and thank you for it. And that is that there is a natural reason for crop rotation, that there is a seasonal, even if it's several seasons, there's a seasonal organic reason for this and that it's become corrupted by money. Yes. And it it happens everywhere. I mean, you think about the bank bailouts came from the fact that the government forced the banks to actually give money to people who didn't have the ability to pay it back. That one I didn't miss. That one I knew. Yeah, that's the point, though, is that the government, unless they know exactly what they're doing, which is not what we do anymore, they keep generating more laws and more regulations, and the government doesn't have a clue. There's no way that politicians know what's going on. And everybody, we have so many specialists, so many people in the world. I mean, like now it's into doctors and Obamacare. We're ruining, we're ruining our world because of politicians. I am for Rocky, I, I, I can't thank you. I can't. I mean, I, we're already friends, and I thank you for the call, as always. And, and now I'm even more indebted to you because you just taught me something. As I say, I, I hadn't realized, I didn't know, and now I can mention, teach to my family about the organic nature of why you rotate crops and why government it really is screwing with the holy forces of nature. By the way, when you were a kid, Ronald Reagan also used to say the worst words in the in, to Americans have always been, hi, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Breaking news on the Blaze Radio Network. According to the New York Times feed, Sarah Palin to endorse Donald Trump. Sarah Palin, as Guru Jay say, uh, hour and a half ago, uh, Sarah Palin to endorse, although you know what? You know, as other people said that before me, I'm sure. And um, it was it was out there on the rumor mill. But anyway, as heard here an hour and a half ago on the Blaze Radio Network, Sarah Palin to endorse Trump, Sarah Palin to endorse Trump momentarily uh, developing breaking news. Um, Stick with us. Maya, welcome back, my dear. And you get to be. 
the first person, and I wouldn't choose, I can't think of anyone I'd choose over you. Well, I'd probably get Rocky back and get the two of you together, but uh, Tag team. what do you make of that? Um, expected. Uh, uh, Sarah Palin has been looking for an opportunity to stick it to the RNC ever since the McCain. Ah. Uh, let's face it, McCain didn't want her. She was pushed on him. It was Maya, a, by the way, lap. I should ask you first, because it's been long enough in mm-hmm. this, and long enough means an hour, you know, in the frame <laughs> of this campaign. Uh, but since we haven't spoken in a couple weeks, at least, mm-hmm. uh, do you have a canine in this fight? Nope. Actually, uh, what I'm going to do in the is Trump I'm Cruise fight. Nope, I'm going to sit back and wait. I'm, 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 as a matter of fact, I've been reading, I'm passing this on to you, I've been reading um, Catch-22 again. Ah, Joseph Heller's, I, I went to a uh, schoolmate's home once in uh, college, and there were a bunch of people sitting around having cocktails. His parents happened to be prominent folks, though I didn't realize, being stupid as to so many things as I am, and it certainly was, regressively, I sat there with them and didn't recognize any of them, and now I want to shoot myself for not having stayed there rather than, like, smoked out and back, or snuck out and back and smoked a joint with my friend, you know, and, uh-huh. like, ping pong. And sitting on the couch uh, were uh, Kurt Vonnegut, Joseph Heller, uh and about five other people that you would cut off your, even if you don't agree with them, you'd cut off your fingers to have a chance to sit in a private home and, you know, have a drink with Absolutely. and just listen to them. Anyway, yeah, Catch-22, Joseph Heller's masterpiece. Yeah, Chapter 41, The Death of Snowden seems to fit right about now, if we're not careful. I don't recall. I'm not I'm not conversant with the book. I've, I've at least uh, twice read it, but I don't. You tell us what that reference means. I, I'm ignorant. Basically, it was the death of Snowden, and uh, and uh, 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 Yasarian was spending a great deal of time trying to make him more comfortable, convince him that he was going to be fine, and all he could say was "there, there," as he was pulling through all of the clothes and the and the areas and recognizing that his entrails were all over the place, and right. the chapter ends with. Uh, Snow, uh, with Yossarian realizing that man was matter. Okay, that was Snowden's yeah. okay. secret. Man Thank was matter. Thank you for was, the Nice way of saying that without spirit, you're garbage. You're nothing. You're meat. That's it. You're meat. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, right now, um, America is looking pretty fatty here. Pretty meaty. Okay, this is not. All right, so listen. Let's go back to the. Let's go back to the moment, if we can. Uh-huh. You're set, uh, recognizing your claim here, or not disputing your claim that you don't that you fa- that you have, do not have a favorite, uh, not a mm-hmm. definitive favorite in the Trump Cruz battle. Mm-hmm. Then not your anymore. reaction to the Palin endorsement or news uh, reports of it is that. It's likely to be, I mean, you spoke to her motives. Speak for a moment, Maya, to what you think the impact might be. Oh, the RNC is so ticked, it's unreal. I mean, they've been working really hard to keep her at bay. You know, What about the electoral impact? Uh, it would definitely, um, I think that they would much rather have Palin than Carly. Um, I think right now you're looking at... As a matter of fact, I wish I had a German accent because I would go totally Freuden on you and tell you right off the bat 
that uh, this proves that liberalism is not ideological, it's pathological. Because <laughs> the way liberals tend to blow themselves up, <laughs> it seems to have passed on to the RNC. Um, and they'll shoot anyone in the foot that gets in their way. Um, well, uh, let, let, me, like let to, me add, if I uh, might, or interject. I, uh-huh. As far as I can recall, and I'll, I'll, unlike you, I'll need a little time to think about this uh, mm-hmm. because I really, you know, to, to determine where I stood and maybe therefore where I stand. But I recall that my prevalent attitude about Palin was at once and forever that she was not a conservative but a mm-hmm. populist w- with a with a conservative leaning. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a conservative populist. Uh, I think Trump is a populist, as I long ago said, but not a conser- not not with, not with a conservative leaning, just a populist. And that doesn't. Yeah, well, the, a lot of people have no idea of the crucial distinction. They think absolutely. those are synonyms, or at least siblings, or first cousins, populist mm-hmm. conservatives. And rhetorically, they seem to be of the same ilk. But yeah, they they're, are. They're really but not, one is more controllable. Not so much, you know, and I think that Palin is uh, even so, even that said, and if I still believe that, I'll have to think about it, I'll have to sleep on it. But my initial reaction to Palin's endorsement is that it's bad news for Cruz. It's bad news for Cruz, but see, here's the real problem. It's not at the end of the day, it's not about Cruz. And I think Cruz is starting to realize that. Think about it. Donald Trump goes to a Christian university and apparently wins over the heart, wins the heart of all these people. Cruz has been pounding the Christianity bell forever. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, that's Cruz why I've is- said, Maya, if I, I've said this a long time ago, if Trump wins the Iowa, not just wins, it's not, not that it's first, although mm-hmm. that that's included, not that it's first, not where it is, not who, you know, it's really about who it is. If, if, if the caucus in mm-hmm. Iowa can be won by Donald Trump over mm-hmm. a conservative of these credentials, well, mm-hmm. that's it's you know it's cats and dogs sleeping together. Well, you know what I say about conservatism now, right? Where I mean, it's it's getting to that point now where that's coming becoming a redefined, you know, yeah. uh, uh, ideology in and of itself. So that's what's really going to be kind of interesting. I will jump over here though. I will say this, even in the UK, Donald is changing people's minds and hearts. They just went through a whole thing yesterday trying to put him on the list to ban him from coming back there. Now, who in their right mind would have a president of the US that was being banned from the UK? You'd have to ask Hillary that. Also, you've got to laugh because Mm -hmm. how much would that hurt the UK? In the long run, a whole lot. Uh, What makes it interesting is that during this whole parliament thing, one of the people who appeared to be an Islamic uh, uh, representative, uh, they actually mentioned Hillary Hillary Clinton's name. They're not supposed to do that, Jay. They're not. I I watched a lot of that coverage late last night on BBC, Maya, and I didn't see that. So I, I did see a I did see a Labour member who um, was uh, fierce, and I think fiercely idiotic, but was fierce, a woman who was mm-hmm. who was apparently, I'll say, um, a, a Muslim. 
And um, I didn't hear her say that, though. In what context did she raise her name? Apparently she was, uh, you know, and I'm I'm listening to the stream over again because I'm trying to find out what context she was using it. But apparently she was trying to suggest that if they were to continue uh, catering to this idea of, of Trump and, and what he's trying to pull off, that they would be better suited to just go ahead and uh, uh, either enlist the aid of or, or let's, let's tell Hillary or something like that. In any case, she wound up backing up that statement. And from what I heard this morning, it was actually removed. Really? Okay. It, it was not an actual parliamentary meeting. It was at, it was no more than a bunch of people getting together and oh, maybe complaining I, maybe that's about. Why I didn't see it. That's right, and it's an amazing well, uh, admission. Maya, um, I must break, but call again understood. soon. Uh, brilliant contribution and thoughts. Thank you so much. Uh, and again, thank you for the recollection on uh, Catch Twenty Two and its application here. Uh, let me just say, in closing uh, of our conversation, that. If the uh, British Parliament wishes to ban, and I'm, you know, I'm not a Trump person, uh, but if the British Parliament wishes to ban in advance someone who could, might, is running for President of the United States, any American really, but especially someone who is legally seeking American public office, if they wish to ban this person, then if, and may I add, God forbid, this person gets elected when either the Soviet or the ISIS tanks or the ISIS terrorists roll into London, as is virtually inevitable, instead of letting them call the CIA in Washington, let them call the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. And partners, about to get to one on the phone, but first, nota bene, the Latin, note well, Sarah Palin, yeah, to the New York Times, she was a moron, an embarrassing moron when she was on the Republican ticket and maybe was going to help elect it, but now, now that she's making problems for the Republican Party, now she's a serious saint to the New York Times. Watch the coverage of Palin by the New York Times, including their first tweets out of there. Listen to this. Here's their first tweet. Palin's endorsement of Trump is the highest profile backing for a Republican so far. Highest backing. You know, you, you, and again, you might say, well, well you know, what's, what's, what's so pejorative or not about that one way or the other? If you read any of the coverage or saw any of the coverage of Sarah Palin by the mainstream media, led by the New York Times, she was an embarrassing imbecile when she might help the Republicans. Now that she might hurt them, she's a serious politician to be taken seriously. Mark from Ohio, welcome back. Thank you for your patience. Hey. Mark. Hey, this is fantastic. I was a big fan, continue to be, but when you were back in Boston, <laughs> 
So Mac. it's been a long time. Uh, so, Mark, uh, since you're on the spot, as I am, permit me to ask you, what do you make of the Palin endorsement? That is to say, what effect do you think it will have? Uh, well, I think it's... Who does it benefit? What you do about nothing. It, it, benef- it benefits yeah? for those who um, are liable to be swung by someone like Sarah Palin. Thanks for taking a chance here. I mean, Mac, come on. You're killing me. I mean, it's got to benefit somebody. It's a zero-sum game, agreed? If it's a zero-sum game, then it's got to, whether it's by one vote or one million caucusers, it's got to help or hurt somebody. I don't know the answer, by the way. I meant it as a disparaging comment, but it does does help uh, Trump, unfortunately, um, because... I'm not willing to be swung by by Sarah Palin. I don't find her. Uh, well, me neither. But but I think I think my initial response is you're right because I can't. I when I start to conjure arguments on each side, you know, not a lot of arguments occur to me why this would hurt Trump, but a, but a few instantly, you know, uh, occur to me that why it could help him. So it it doesn't help Cruz. It seems to me. Correct. Yeah. Yep. If, so if Mark, were, while we still have time, about, I'm sorry. Yes. I usurped you there. Oh, I was going to say is if you're if you're not a, if you're not a uh, 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 guide in the world conservative, um, then maybe you'll take a look at that endorsement as a good thing. Well, as Maya said, to give her credit, so too is conservatism coming to be redefined, maybe to the point of, of irrelevance, or 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 borderline relevance in in a Republican primary campaign for president, uh, if, if you know you'd have to be pretty conservative, a real one, to say Sarah Palin is no conservative. I think that's another reason why this is not good news for Cruz, and that is, it, you know, to a lot of people, Sarah Palin is a conservative, and 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 in fact, she's like, wow, really, really, you know, really the real deal conservative. I've never had that impression. I, maybe I'm, maybe I've got the real minority view. I don't know. I, if if you do, then then so do I, because she's never been relevant to me. Yeah. Well, I, I again, this this is like a dam has burst. In the last four days, whoever picked this fight, and why, and clearly whoever did it, the why is because they believe this was the right moment and the right thing to do absolutely and i'll tell you anything you do mark as you know anything you do that has an immediate effect that doesn't hurt you has an immediate effect that helps you and i think the immediate effect is obvious of the last four days and therefore i must presume uh not believing in coincidences or fairy tales any longer wish i did uh that it must have been trump who wanted this fight uh that's certainly the way it's looked to me in their posture and their statements And, uh, Mark, I must thank you for the call and run. I hope you'll call tomorrow. I'll put you right up at top. But, again, breaking news, Governor Palin endorses Trump. What does it mean? This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.